0: what's going on my friends it's dave sharp welcome to wake up legendary my friends legends never die that's right that's what the hat says read it love it wake up legendary we have a an amazing guest with us this morning calling or zooming or streaming in from a very unique and cool place as you can see uh the title of this show or if you're listening only from business suits to bathing suits how this diver found a new purpose through digital marketing Steph welcome to the show
1: thank you thanks so much for having me
0: oh my gosh you're so welcome tell us where you're calling in from
1: I'm calling in from my sailing catamaran in French Polynesia (laughs)
0: how cool is that I mean I think it's cool you must think it's cool too
1: yeah, it's been a lifelong dream of mine. I just sailed across the Pacific Ocean, which was probably the top achievement of my life on a sailboat that I bought. And uh, I'm here in a super remote with no other humans. And it's it's crazy.
0: <laughs> oh, all right. So hold on a second. I, I am a boat captain, not like an official one, but just a legend. <laughs> I have a 30 foot center console, you know, powered by you know, two, two, three hundred uh, horsepower Yamaha engines. Um, and I sometimes concern myself with going, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 miles offshore. You know, that's like a big thing. <laughs> you, you're you saying you just sailed across the entire Pacific Ocean?
1: Yeah. In the past six months, I've sailed 7000 nautical miles from Key West, Florida. <laughs>
0: I am so amazed right now and inspired by that. Thank you. Taking that in. So tell us what led you to Legendary. What were you looking for? Do you feel like you found it? All the things. Tell us Steph's story. (laughs)
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm i an ex-corporate exec. So I did the whole go to school, get a master's degree, have lots of student loans and get a job and then just work and work harder than everybody else, work longer than everybody else. Don't take holidays, don't take weekends. So I worked in business consulting. Um, so if you know anything about business consulting, you you don't have weekends, holidays, nights. It just doesn't exist. And It was a blessing because I worked for 10 plus years. I made enough money to buy my boat. So I bought my boat and I kind of said, peace out land, I'm out of here, and sailed into the sunset. And that was February 2020. So a pandemic hit and my genius idea of teaching freediving on my boat and doing charters kind of didn't happen. And so here I am stuck in the remote Bahamas, not legally allowed to move, not able to make money for almost eight months, um, living on a boat, which you you own a boat, so you know how expensive that can be when a boat's just sitting there. It was beautiful because I was spearfishing every day and diving and <laughs> and it was the best place to be during during the pandemic, but I wasn't making money. So I started researching ways to make money online. Um, tried the drop shipping, tried the Amazon stores, the Walmart stores, invested in some solar companies, and the I truly was scammed. Uh, they, they actually did take my money, and I got zero return. And so I got really sensitive to making money online and got really sensitive to people saying big income claims that this was working and that was working. And I had heard about uh, affiliate marketing for a long time before I tried it saw it on Instagram, saw the income claims. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I've been there. I've been that sucker before. I'm not going to do it again. And then I actually had a friend from college way back when, and she's like, no, I'm doing it and it's working. You should give it a try. And she's like, there's just, it's a $7 course. If you don't like it, you're not going to lose thousands of dollars. And I tried legendary actually for the first time as I was crossing the Pacific ocean. So I did my 15 day challenge um, in July, <laughs> I took my calls with Paul, my advisor, um, as I'm in 20 plus foot seas uh, and 30 knot winds sailing across the Pacific. <laughs>
0: Holy shit. Okay, keep talking. <laughs> I'm listening.
1: Yeah. So I did. Um, I did the 15 day challenge as I crossed the Pacific. One of the things that motivated me was I. And I got a long-stay visa for French Polynesia, so I can stay in the country for a year. But one of the terms of that agreement is that I'm, I'm not allowed to physically work here. So I can't work physically in French Polynesia, so I can't teach freediving. I can't have people on my boat. So I, I needed this to work. Uh, if I want to stay here, I needed a way to make income. So I was really motivated. So I got through the 15-day challenge. Um, I did the blueprints. And within five days, I launched my business. And I got my first commission in an hour, I got my first four figure commission in 10 days. And I made a profit month one and coming from a business background, being profitable month one of a business that you launch is just unheard of. And so I mean, I've only been doing this six weeks now, but that was like sold like it's it's working. It's working for me. So I started just screaming it from the rooftops. I I told everybody I told all anybody who asked me, I was like, don't do anything until I do it. And I can tell you that it works. And yeah, now I'm screaming it from the rooftops.
0: Wow. Wow. So you 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 were going through the challenge in 20 foot seas, <laughs> <Holy> yeah, <laughs> this may just be the top, the, the most legendary story <laughs> of all time of somebody going through the challenge. I mean, not only is it cool just to not, not non nautical people, but mm-hmm. if for anybody who has ever been on a boat and who gets, you know, very easy, as a matter of fact, friends. I spent some ungodly amount of money to get what's called a sea keeper, which is a gyro stabilizer, (laughs) which keeps my boat from rocking back and forth left to right. Just so if there was a little ripple in the wave, I wasn't. So, I mean, it's so easy to get seasick. It's so easy to just feel, I would, I would think panicked or out of control Going um, traveling in seas like that, and the fact that you were like on Zoom, I would assume, with your business plan advisor going through the challenge in 20 foot seas is just 50 hat throws, 50 <laughs> 50 high fives, a thousand. You are amazing, and so, just exactly what I needed to hear on a Friday morning. I mean, I'm gonna right run <laughs> through a brick wall, uh, that's <laughs> absolutely amazing. And so six weeks in, you're you're profitable. And I love what you said because you do have a business. Now, let me say this for anybody who's listening. The average person who buys any how-to information online makes no money at all. I just want to say that because I'm the I'm the guy who may maybe you know people come looking at to see if I'm trying to pump out ridiculous claims. I'm not. This is This is just 800 plus stories of people. And I thought it would be a good idea to actually continue to interview our actual students here, right? Instead of other gurus. I tend to think that people make no money because they take no action, sort of similar to a gym membership or anything else. But this is proof that when you kind of, your back is against the wall in a way, um, you do something about it. And oh, by the way, That's just the average, that's not just the average person makes no money at all buying legendary information. That's every, that's all books, all courses, all things out there, right? I think we have one of the most thriving communities out there on the internet with with a lot of people seeing results. And in your case, it's not millions of dollars, it's not even hundreds of thousands of dollars, but you've done a market test and you found that test to be successful and that is the green light that you needed. Is that reasonable to say?
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely.
0: Yeah. So, um okay, so 6 weeks in, your back is against like you kind of need this to happen also because you kind of it's sort of a first world problem. You want to live in the Polynesian, right? So you you kind of need this to work. I wonder just if you could speak to the value – well, the, you kind of needed it to work all along, right, because you walked away from your corporate life. But I wonder just if you could speak to the value of sort of, I don't know, either being between a rock and a hard place or sort of putting yourself between a rock and a hard place so you're not so comfortable that it's so easy to quit because you've got this other thing to fall back on, kind of like burning – the what what do they say? Burning the boats, burning the ropes. I don't know. But kind of going all in on something and, and actually yeah. having some pain or some fear of something being your motivator. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit and maybe why, <laughs> how some people may be able to do that, even if they're not on a boat somewhere um, needing to make it work?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So a little bit more into my story, I... Like I said, I did the corporate thing, but I did the whole society thing. So I was actually, I was married. uh, I had a house. I had a car. We had two cars. I had the gym membership. I had the business, literally business suits. I had to wear a minimum of two inch heels for my clients. So I was, I was waking up at 435 AM every day to run my dog, to then go to the gym, to get to work before sunrise leaving after sunset, coming home, fighting traffic so that I can make a hot dinner for um, a toxic relationship. And I was my flame was gone, there was no flame at all. Um, I was just like a skeleton of a human, just kind kind of hypnotized going through the motions and stuck, like literally stuck in the rat race. I was working to pay off my student loans to support an abusive husband and to pay for the lifestyle, the consumerism lifestyle that I had created because that's what society tells you, you need to be successful and happy. And it was actually, I took a free diving course and with free diving, it's all mental. So it's all about holding your breath and diving down without scuba gear. And so you are forced to look inward. Um, and that's a scary place. <laughs> uh, and it was really reflective for me. And it was like a light switch light switch turned on in that moment. I, I dove past 100 feet um, and I came up and I took a breath. And it was like I just had clarity, like clarity that I had never had before. And. I had always said one day I'm going to buy a sailboat and sail away one day I'm going to buy a sailboat. And it was like that moment. And I was like, what am I doing? Um, And from that moment, it took me a year. I got out of the toxic relationship. I bought myself a little beachfront condo um, and I started traveling the world. I started traveling because now I'm not supporting um, a, a husband who's abusive and horrible and telling me that I'm all of these awful things. And so I actually started to rebuild myself from the ground up, Um, my kind of Phoenix moment. And I said, I'm going to do this. So I, I bought the sailboat and I started putting things in place and I sailed away. So for me, I always say that there was no plan B. There was no option of going back, like going back to, to that, going back to that life was never an option. So it was always, how am I going to make this work? How am I going to make it this work? How am I going to afford this? So when I read rich, uh, rich dad, poor dad, that really resonated with me. It was never that I couldn't afford this. It was, how am I going to afford this within the first year of owning my boat? Um, I had to almost replace everything. So both of my engines went. I had a cracked block. I had a sail drive seal. I was literally sinking in the Bahamas, crossed the Gulf Stream, taking on water. Um, <laughs> like the <it's> stories, <laughs> we should have hold my beer, Dave. We could have we could go back and forth, right, with boat ownership. But just to your point, um, to me, yeah, it sounds luxurious. I'm here in French Polynesia, but it's not that. I just want to live in French Polynesia. It's not just by happenstance, like, oh, I want to live in French Polynesia. And, and it's because I'm spoiled. It's, it's no, like this living on the sailboat to me is freedom and it's my rebirth and it's me building myself from the bottom up of who i truly am and i'm living now my pure passion like a hundred percent my pure passion everywhere i go i'm teaching the locals to free dive teaching them how to spearfish how to sustainably harvest their own food so that they can be support their communities and i want to be successful financially so that i have more to spread to give to people and help other people change their life because i was able to escape the matrix. And if I can help just one more person escape the matrix and build themselves up from how they want to and live the way they want to, their pure passion and their pure intention, then then I've done something right. So um, when you say like back against a wall, like I, there is no other option for me. I have to make this work because I'll never I'll never go back to that. I'll never go back to life on land, not the right. way that it was, at least. Right. Whew.
0: Ooh, this girl is on fire. Um, there was a comment I saw that Cindy said, I'd like to have your motivation. Now there's tons of comments here and lots of, you know, we, we, we welcome and accept all comments here. But I wonder just for those of you who are thinking or maybe experiencing some comparisonitis right now, right? Like, geez, I wish I had your motivation or geez, you know, I don't have a story like that or whatever. I wonder if you're really honest, how you could look at your life and find some of the things that are really unacceptable for you as well, right? Some of the things that are unacceptable, but you've allowed to become normal. And Steph, how close were you to normalizing toxic abusive relationship? How close were you to normalizing the, the, I mean, mandatory two-inch heels? What? What is this? <laughs> I mean, like, that's nuts. Like, that's yeah. – I can't imagine. We have 200 people that work inside of Legendary, and obviously lots of people come to events, and actually we're having a, a large portion of our team come to, to October, actually as a team event after the main mastermind. I can't imagine, you know, saying to people, particularly the women – This is a a large female presence in this community, but mandatory two inch heels. I mean, how close were you to normalizing so many things that you realized actually were unacceptable to you?
1: Yeah, well, I had. I mean, I did that for 10 years. I was in the relationship for six years. We were having baby talks. Like it was the easy thing to do, would have been to stay. That would have been way easier way way easier to just stay in the job and stay in the the toxic relationship and stay in suburbia and stay in debt that's way easier than making a a dramatic change i mean i literally sold everything bought a sailboat and sailed it away i don't know of a more dramatic change and that's hard i literally i had everybody every single person close to me say what are you doing do you know anything about driving a boat? Do you know how to sail? Do you know, like boats bust out another thousand? Do you know businesses always like the majority of businesses fail their first years? Like, what are you doing? You're going, and I did it solo. So I bought the boat by myself. It was me and my dog <laughs> and we sailed into the sunset together. And, uh, People, it's hard because you're coming from a relationship where you're minimalized and you're told that you're nothing. Um, and I knew that it wasn't true because I was successful in my business. So I had it deep down. I knew I had that fire still. It had just been dimmed for so long. And so yeah. the moment that I set sail, it was like that just ignited again. But. I will say, like I understand it so intimately because I had normalized it completely. I had embraced it, I'd accepted it, I had settled for it. And it wasn't until I had that aha moment, that light switch turn on that and once it turned on, there was no turning back. Cause then yeah. I saw it. And once you once you take that, what is it, the blue pill in the matrix, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And yeah. I had to do something about it.
0: Yeah. Um Friends, this is a great opportunity. As you said just a moment ago, with the diving, it forced you to look inward. Well, I wonder how you can all take that metaphor. Stephanie dove to a hundred feet for the first time and came up and had air, and it was sort of like a defining moment. It wasn't a burning bush. There wasn't anything external that, like you know, the skies parted and stones <laughs> tablets were delivered to you from a mermaid or something or a merman, but. It was just a moment of clarity for you where you were able to look within and and just have, you know, sometimes when we sometimes when we step out of our normal environment, it is an opportunity for us to get clarity. It is one of the reasons why we do live events. It is one of the reasons why vacations can be beneficial if you're, you know, going on that vacation and doing something other than just sitting at the bar the whole time. I mean, it's all about what you want is what you're going to get. What you want to see is in what you're open to seeing is is oftentimes what you're going to see. And I just wonder how many of you could take a step back from your lives, just metaphorically for your moment of clarity to, to kind of ask yourself, maybe it's not, you know, going and getting a divorce. Maybe it's not quitting your job. I, I don't know. Everybody has to make those individual decisions for themselves, but I just wonder what we are all settling for and how much of a change we can make to create an interesting story. Because the other thing that people say is, I don't have a story like that. Well, you have to create your story. You're the author of your book, right? And your life was just as miserable and boring or whatever back when you were living it and settling and whatever as anybody else's who's just kind of doing nothing and letting life happen to them instead of creating life uh, uh, creating or designing their life and so i just challenge everybody to to you know think about how can you be the author of your story it may not mean that you have to completely jump on a boat and sail away although that's a really cool thing to do but man, there's so many different ways that we all can create change and have our sail away moment still on land, still actually living in our current life. Just Stephanie, you've done something that's big and bold and, in some would say is just extraordinary. And it is, you know, by the way, I have been in seas. I, I, I got caught in a storm one time and I was in a little 21 foot sea Fox with 150 horsepower motor on the back. And, um, <laughs> And I was an eight foot or nine foot seas coming in to land from a fishing trip on a storm. And it was the only, I mean, I, I, ever I made, it was my dad and my buddy Everett and they both like to run their mouth. I said, sit down and shut up, put <laughs> your jacket on. I need to actually yeah. this here. This is yeah. serious. This is not a time for us. To, and it was scary. I mean, it yeah. is, it is, a, you know, that's the other thing that I think, We don't give enough credit to is putting ourselves in scary circumstances and seeing what we're made of. You also just alluded to a point a moment ago is that kind of you never knew that this existed within you. And that's been my message from the start. We're not here to be your gurus. We're not here to complete any of you as our students or clients. I mean, really, our job is to hopefully help you to go inside of yourself and tap into things that you didn't know were there to find a human being within you that's way more powerful than you ever thought existed. I want you to answer this question in two parts. What have you learned about yourself since February of 2020 when you set sail? But also, what have you learned about yourself in the last six weeks of starting this business journey that you didn't know or
1: had forgotten was within you? Yeah, those are great questions. Well, since February 2020, um, <laughs> I don't know if it's ignorance or strength, <laughs> but I've learned that I've learned that I'm really strong. So, people, when we were crossing the Pacific, um, one of the the scarier things that happened is just just imagine this. So you're in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. There's nowhere to stop. There's no islands. There's nowhere to set anchor. You're literally at the mercy of the seas and the wind and the weather. And all of a sudden the sun is setting and we have whale spouts all over, like all around surrounding the boat. So 20 plus whales. My boat is 46 feet. These whales are as big, if not bigger than the boat. And the sun is setting. And there's been three boats that have struck whales and sank in the middle of the Pacific ocean. So when people ask me what my biggest fear was, that was my biggest fear. We were going, we had full sails up, we're cruising at like seven to eight knots, which is decently fast, fast enough to sink your boat. If you hit a whale and we're going into nighttime, uh, night navigation with whales surrounding us. And that was terrifying. And in that moment I realized that I wasn't scared. Uh, and that's a really scary situation. And so what I learned about myself is that I, I'm not a fearful person. I very much live in the moment and I have a lot more fortitude and internal strength than I ever realized. I thought I was, I beat myself up. If those of you who have been in abusive relationships, you, you, you look back and you say, how could I have done that? Like, how could I have been so weak to stay for so long to accept that and not set boundaries and not be healthy and, and and you just question yourself. And it proved to me in that moment that, no, you are a really strong person and you have gone through a lot and you're going to go through a lot and you're going to keep on going. So I learned that about myself, which was really eye-opening and we didn't hit a whale. Thank goodness. (laughs) I'm very happy. Uh, And then in the last six weeks, I just learned that um, my why has always been the same. Like, yes, I want to make a lot of money. Like that's that's a goal. I'm not going to lie. Like I want this to be wildly successful and I want to have that six figure a month income. And and that's what I'm striving for. But the reason is not so that I can go. I mean, I live on a boat. (laughs) There's not, there's only so many things that I could put on a boat. Um, I'm not going to buy a lot of stuff. It's just that I want my story to inspire other people so that they can make that change in their life. I, I want Everybody has that internal child in them that dreamed of being something or doing something and you still think about it and you daydream about it. That was me, I was in my office with my headphones just listening to Island music, just dreaming about having a sailboat. And ever, I do believe everybody has that dream. And so I just, what I've learned is that I wanna help people just experience that dream.
0: Mm. Yeah. And this was- is
1: this is the vehicle to do that, I truly see that. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, digital marketing skills are in general. I mean, we teach core the core four business models to sell information online. And we give a very clear explanation about why we we argue that that's the best business to have and operate in 2023 and likely beyond. It was the right. best business model to operate back when I started in 2010-ish. Um And although I tried other things along the way, you know, network marketing, (laughs) fifteen times, um, (laughs) you know, selling physical products—I mean, all the things—I—I kept coming back to these business models, and they were exactly the business models that helped us get through the pandemic, that that allowed us to become, for the second year in a row, an Inc. 5,000 company legendary marketers, the 30th fastest growing privately held education company in America over the last year. Think about that for a second. We'll do over $60 million in, in course sales, education sales this year alone. Um, it's really in, and, and ironically I'm sitting here in my house, <laughs> you know, um, and, uh, you know, kind of running it. Un- you're sitting in your boat. I'm sitting in my house. My boat's right outside. I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool alt, all nearly 200 of our team members work from home and um, are, are also sort of encompassing the lifestyle of, of the, of the digital marketer. So my point is these marketing skills, and I always say, whether you learn them here, or whether you learn them somewhere else, I mean, I, I don't know the, the, my my colleges that are here in my city, Tampa Bay and St. Petersburg, have actually reached out to me to come and teach digital marketing in the college, which makes no sense to me. You know? <laughs> I mean, I'm flattered and you no know, thanks can learn them in your local college or wherever you're going to college, or if you want to learn, you want to go to YouTube university or dig through free stuff or what it like. I don't really care. I just think people should learn these skills because they're not going away and it's only going to become more digital, more electronic, more of all the things in less of mom and pop stores in brick and mortar businesses and, and things of that nature. Hold on a second. Yeah. (laughs) Thank <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no worries. Told you I was I was at home. <laughs> yeah. Um. So um. So. Talk to us a little bit about what it was like for you to kind of go on video and begin actually creating and producing marketing content. I mean, being somebody who seems to have lived and in, 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 in operated a, or operated within a pretty traditional work environment before to where maybe you took the occasional conference call, but it sounded mostly like belly to belly kind of traditional sales. Or yeah. business, what was it like for you to then go from learning mode to action mode?
1: Yeah, no, that's really good. So, I, so COVID hit, right? The pandemic hit 2020, and I'm sitting on my sailboat and I'm fixing everything that's breaking and learning my boat in the very remote Bahamas. And I was trying to make money. So, I was like, how am I going to make money? And, like I said, I tried the drop shipping, I tried the the online stores, I tried all of that. And one of the things that I tried was YouTube. So I started doing more of the Instagram and more of the filming, and kind of living my life like this a little bit. Um, And it was very awkward for me. um, Because I felt like it was too much focus on me. I was like, okay, who wants to see me like I'm being very self-centered and very like righteous like hey look at me here in paradise while you're locked in your apartment in New York can't even escape and it was really hard for me and it was polarizing there was a lot of people who said please keep sharing we're living vicariously through you and other people who are a bit resentful that here I am sitting in paradise Um, but what they didn't realize is like I was stuck too, I couldn't go to land, I couldn't buy groceries. Um, The mailboat in the remote Bahamas was coming every three to four months. I was living on potatoes and carrots, like, and the fish that I was getting. So it was challenging too. But to your question, it gave me the opportunity to get comfortable with this, with uh, becoming a voice and building my brand. And my goal, what made me okay with it is I, told myself, just be true to yourself, you have a message. Mm. Just be true to yourself, you have a message. And anytime I would ever film a piece of content, I would always repeat those two things to me, to myself. I would say, be true to yourself, you have a message. And if I have a message that I think is going to help somebody, even just one person, then it's worth me being vulnerable to put myself out there to film that piece of content so that they can get something from it. Mm. And I can help them in some way. And It was really hard because, oh, my hair was messed up or I messed up on that word or I didn't look great there or I would you're your own biggest critic. Right. And then I started to realize who are the people who inspire me the most? And it's the people who are unapologetically themselves. And the more human they are, the more I relate to them. So I started to realize that it's okay if my hair is messed up. It's okay if I mess up on a word because you know what? It's not scripted. It's not rehearsed. I haven't edited things out. I'm. It's not fake in any way. It's authentic. It's true. It's real. And I'm being true to myself and I have a message. And I got I had the opportunity to get really comfortable in front of the camera by building my brand. And my brand is just me. It's just me sharing my voice. So when I started doing um, the affiliate marketing and I I did the 15 day challenge and I started filming my own content at first, it was a bit awkward because I felt like the whole imposter syndrome. You know, I'm still really new to this. What do I have to say to anybody? I'm still learning. And it took me about a week. And then when I started to see results, I actually um, built out a couple sales funnels. So I'm also promoting fishing equipment, diving equipment, boating equipment. And I started to see it work across all platforms. And I gained confidence in the things that I already knew, like the back of my hand, like which lure is going to catch you a big wahoo? What is the season for tuna? like. And so I used that to build my confidence and the more experience the, i got the more confidence i got and and it's it's just grown from there but you're if it's uncomfortable it's because it's new and that's exciting it should be uncomfortable because you're growing it's it's your stretch zone you're outside your comfort zone and that's how i think i know i'm doing something right when i feel a little bit uncomfortable
0: and that's just the power of framing right this is framing is a technique that can be used in any situation and it's such a simple technique. It's all the lens or the frame in which you choose to see something through friends. And it, the most simplest analogy is if you put a painting or a picture on the wall, it looks totally different depending on what frame it's in. I mean, it could be in a big body gold frame and it's just kind of like, oof, wow. Or a <laughs> sort of an old, like weathered repurposed wood frame that looks really kind of old and antique and cool. And it's kind of like, Oh my God, I love that. Right. And it's like (laughs) this picture, but it's just being seen through a different frame. And we all have that opportunity to be able to see whatever we want through whatever frame we choose to see it through in our life. Another thing that you said was that I really liked was, you know, using the things that you already know as Content to be able to either test other accounts in niches. Um, for example, do you know how many people? And maybe you follow some of them on YouTube, but I watch them for quite a while. There's so many sailing families, and so many. Like my, one of my favorites is Eric, the Norwegian sailor. Have you ever <laughs> made any content on no?
1: That? No, okay. I haven't. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, this guy. Eric from Norway. Um, I don't know what his last... I'm going to actually share his... Uh, I'm going to share his, his YouTube channel with you. All right. This guy. This guy. Okay. And this is, this is... If anybody wants to see a little bit of what Stephanie is talking about um, <laughs> in terms of the craziness of the seas... This is one of the guys who I have watched in the past that has given me a little bit of an idea of of look at this stuff. I mean, he's 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 encountering Storm Force uh, 10 C's
1: not knowing
0: look at look at I mean, this this guy, (laughs) this guy and and he's just (laughs) out. There, He's just out there in the middle of the Norwegian sea, which is also, (laughs) look at this, look at this. I mean, which is also, (laughs) it's also cold. So it's, it's both (laughs) crazy, but it's also cold and he's way offshore. He's not always on shore. He's way offshore. I've learned so much about fear, managing fear from this guy um and he really just has created a channel and content around what he loves to do right like he loves to he loves to sail and there's a lot of people out there in the world who also want to learn how to sail and who are doing much smaller sailing adventures than this guy but um this guy really does a great job at sort of taking you behind the scenes and taking you on the trips with him now why do I say all that? I say that to to say that um, that there's there, there's a huge for just your situation that you're living in right now. There's so many people that would love to escape land, that would love to buy a sailboat. Like it's a dream. It's it's sort of like oh my god, yeah, I'd love to learn how to sail. Or even I have somewhat of a knowledge of sailing, how would I transition my life and unplug from the matrix and and go and live while traveling, while sailing? I mean, who wouldn't want to do that, right? So there's ways to also then cross-sell and upsell other things by if you have a channel or you have a niche where you're talking about living on the sea, Well, what is people's number one challenge that they have of doing that? It's making money, right? So now all of a sudden you're not leading with make money online content or you're not leading with marketing and entrepreneur content. That just happens to be something that is an offer in your back end, because but you're fronting in your sort of your front facing content is all of this educational content about being on a boat, about living on a boat, about traveling via sea these are ways that many of you can take knowledge expertise hobbies things that you're really knowledgeable about and create accounts channels full blown working within niches where you have accounts on all platforms and your your front facing content is whatever your passion is whatever your hobby is whatever your whatever the thing that you love to do and The number one challenge to people doing more of their hobby, to doing more of their passion is usually the ability to be able to support it, afford it. So it's just an example of how to sort of cross sell and upsell other things on the back end. And if you think about, you know, just like you said, there may be a lot of people if your front facing content is a lot of online marketing, online business, make money online but you happen to be filming a lot of that content on boat, well, people may also be interested in fishing or sailing or boating or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, content and or products that you could promote, especially if you can relate them to sort of somebody's normal life. You know, the extreme sailors like yourself may not be the large population, but just people who want to dip their toe and have a little taste of that lifestyle Here's a product that you can do. Here's an experience that you can do. Here's something that you can do. And here's five products that will help you do it. What comes up for you as I talk about essentially creativity in an online marketing? your income really only being capped by your creativity and your, your ability to be able to think of different creative ways that you can introduce products to people that may not be just so obvious to, to the, the average person.
1: Yeah. It, it, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Like, and my advisor really helped me see this because when I first started out, I didn't know what niche I wanted to go into. Cause I actually do have a lot of interests and in a lot of things that are passionate for me. So boating, fishing, diving, spearfishing, sailing, um, my pets, my dogs. Um, and My advisor asked me, he's like, what's the number one problem people come to you with? And I was like, well, they want to buy a boat and sail away. That's that's their problem. And he's like, well, what's the problem? I'm like, they can't. He's like, why? Because they don't have a way to make money online. And so that helped me kind of dissect down what I wanted to be my primary focus and the problem I wanted to help solve for for people. But an example, and maybe some more people can relate, is uh, my boyfriend moved on board with me a year ago. So he's been he's seen me struggle with um, being scammed with different online things, and so when I started this, he was very hesitant. And he's he says I'm the I'm the sweet to his salty, so he's definitely the salty sailor. And so one way for me to involve him was I actually uh, he's a professional fisherman, so I actually built out a funnel for him, um, so that he could use his own personal Instagram, didn't have to create a new one and he could just do what he continues to do. And he could dip his toes in and see it firsthand how it was working and he did. And so now the moment that somebody says something to me or about me, he's the biggest believer and supporter now because he's seen it firsthand and he's not gonna go into affiliate marketing. It's not it's not his forte, it's not what he loves to do, but he's doing it on a small scale and he's super supportive now. So for me, um, just to go back to your point is I can, I always talk about the things I love. I still talk about diving and fishing and sailing and my dogs, and I use them and to share information on here's how you can make money online with, with fishing. Here's how you can make money online with boating. Here's how you can make money online with your pets or your kids or all of these things. There's so many different affiliate programs that you can make money online by doing the things that you love and by educating people on that or with travel and so by educating people on that I'm actually continuing to talk about all of my passions and I don't have to limit it to just here's another side hustle it's like no like what are you what are you passionate about let's talk about that and the answer is always education you always have to be a student you have to keep learning the moment you stop learning you're dying so all of us need to continue to be educated and I have to say like coming from going to school and then going and getting my master's and then working in corporate America, where I was the director of training and development for a consulting firm. I've never had a better education than what I got through the 15 day challenge. And this is not just to plug you, Dave, but I haven't had a better education where it was so inclusive of not only theory but practical application where I could actually pause the video, do an action to create something that then as soon as I was done, it was live and working and operating and automated and producing me money almost immediately. I mean, I went to college, I had tens of thousands of dollars of debt, and to get a job was super challenging because I was overqualified and under experienced. And then I'm paying off student loans and fighting for a 3% raise every year and just kept hitting glass ceilings. And that doesn't exist here. So a position where you can talk about your passions, be creative, do content that's true to yourself, and there is no ceiling, and there's you get what you put into it is what I tell everybody. I tell, I tell everybody it's not, this is not for everybody. You have to be consistent. You have to be dedicated and motivated. You have to have grit and tenacity and be able to bounce back when you get negative comments or naysayers or people questioning your authenticity. But if you have that determination, this is going to (laughs) work.
0: Wow. Well, thank you so much for saying that. And I, I, I really am able to receive that, that positive validation back. And I, I so much appreciate it. Um, and I'm so, I'm so grateful that the experience has been so empowering for you. That's, that's our goal here. And that was the very thing that I, um, wanted when I was starting this journey as well. And there were some places that I got those positive experiences and there I mean, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the things that I found and encountered when I first came online, as well. And um, and and so the the heart of the entrepreneur is to, is to keep creating and 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 ultimately, for me, anyways, it's to kind of create you know create the community that I always wanted to be a part of. And and I think it's important to remind people that you know even legendary didn't just show up; it, w- it didn't just born. I didn't buy it from somebody. You know, as a matter of fact, it, it's. You know, it really is um, even a personally branded business to me in a sense because I'm the spokesperson for the company, right? And right. so, um, so it's it's we're eating our own cooking here, and it's a beautiful, beautiful business to operate and into and, and to be a part of because um, the, of the of the of the way in which we're able to experience all the benefits that we're talking about to our students, all, me and all of our team members here. And, and we we really don't call them employees. I've never called anybody an employee. I, I have a real, you know, a real issue with saying that even people work for me. Um, People work with me. I work with people. Um, I like to surround myself with a lot of entrepreneurial minded people. Some are intrapreneurial, meaning that they have entrepreneur spirit, but they like to work within teams. Um, And, you know, that's tends to be what we have here. It's a real different way of of living and doing business. If you look at what we're doing here, because none of this is based on fear or control. You know, it's it's nobody's controlled. Nobody's being feared or scared to stay or to do anything. People can come. They can go. They can join things, be a part of things for free. They can buy things if they want. Sure. We incentivize them to buy them sooner. We try to throw in bonuses and things of that nature. But um, I mean, even our team members, they all work from home and we wouldn't have it other any other way. And we just have built tracking systems and different uh, methods to be able to track production, to be able to, quote, manage or lead people in, without needing to micromanage and and to be all up in their stuff. Um, so, you know, there's there's so many layers to this that I, I love to point out and I love to um, I, I love to to talk about and teach about from my own experience of building a company this size, and um, and what I still love is seeing somebody like yourself who's been on the journey now for a very short period of time. And six weeks, and six weeks. I mean, surely your entrepreneur journey has has you've been trying to get it off the ground for some time, right? I mean, it's not yeah. like first rodeo right and you work in the business world for many years but you're you're also at the beginning of your journey and you've kind of got you know you've you've got some knowledge you've got a little bit of ignorance on fire which is good too like you don't know everything right so like you're you know we have to be careful sometimes we try to learn so much and then it's like damn we went from knowing nothing to now we know too much and it's like we were all up in our head I do want to go back to something that um, and that's why I just want to say that the I learn a lot from a little bit of mechanical education with a lot of experiential education and the the mechanical um education is our courses and curriculum but that's not meant to be the only element of the educational experience here at legendary it's why we do wake up legendary it's why we do events and masterminds it's why these other it's why we get on zoom with people as they're going through the challenge right because there's an experiential get out of your head and let's process the information and let's also yeah. show via wake up legendary for example how people are actually implementing it, right? Um, we also do live coaching calls for everybody in the blueprints to a day. We do decade in a day a few times or a couple of times a month where we do a yeah. full day workshop of entering into a brand new niche you may have never thought you could actually build a business within. So um, keep that in mind, my dear friends, as you're going through and you're sort of, you know, dry, you know thinking that this is all mechanical. There is an experiential element of this whole thing that can be very powerful. And that's why it's kind of all here for you. It's all important. I feel like we at Legendary don't do anything that's not important. If we ever felt that something that we were doing was not important, we would stop doing it. But I wanna go back to one thing as we bring this in for a landing. Um, And we'll only be here a few more moments, but I wanna check in since you are on a boat. Are you good for a few more minutes?
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's a, it's actually four five o'clock in the four o'clock in the morning here, so oh <laughs> I am goodness. free all day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. you
0: literally waking up legendary. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think right versus yeah, going yeah absolutely. Yeah, you yeah, seem
1: yeah. Oh um, no, I, it's sailors midnight. is nine p.m., so I'm good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, totally. I need some of that sailors midnight in
1: my
0: life. Um, So I wanted to just go back to one thing and have you talk a little bit about fear again, because what you said earlier in the show is like one of the most profound things I've heard. When you were talking about, I realized as I was sailing through the Pacific Ocean, being surrounded by whales, that I wasn't actually a fearful person. However... There was probably a long, I'm assuming you tell me if this fits or not, that there was long periods, if not maybe a lot of your life where you did think that you were afraid. And maybe it was just that you were anxious and worrying about something happening in the future. But what you've learned about yourself is that when you're actually in the thing that you were worrying about before you're not actually afraid. Can you say yeah. more about that and let me know if that fits?
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I always joke that I was born fearful because I, my mom said I didn't even want to come out of the womb because I, I just wanted to stay there because I was fearing what was about to come. Um, I was the kid that hot, hid, uh, never wanted to speak in public. I had a tremendous fear of public speaking. And yeah, I was fearful my entire life basically. And eventually I would overcome fears. Like I did public, I recognized my fear. So I would do the things that scared me. So I would take public speaking courses and I would put myself in positions to be really uncomfortable. Um, But I think it's Eckhart Tolle says, be here now. And that's one of the most powerful quotes I ever learned in business was fear comes from, uh, like you said, what could potentially happen in the future but if you stay present there's really nothing to fear so what sailing has taught me it was sailing was where it really drove it home for me was when i when you set sail you're relinquishing control and power i mean you can definitely set yourself up for success you can have your uh, safety in place you can have your plan in place if something goes wrong you can make sure that your boat's in the best um like best condition possible. You can make sure that you're healthy, you have sleep, you're rested, you have people on shifts. You can do, there's only so much you can do. And then when you've done everything, at the end of the day, going into sunset with whales surrounded by you, you just have to relinquish control. There's literally at that point, nothing you can do. So it doesn't make sense to fear because then you're wasting your energy and your adrenaline on something that's not actually happening. So you just stop, breathe and be here now. And if you're here, if you're actually present, there is no fear in the present. It's either action or no action. That's your only choice.
0: God, how, how valuable my dear friends is that to hear and to think about and just to ask yourself, what the hell am I actually afraid of? And we, we go back not to be cliche, but to the quote, of can I'm, I'm I dropped out in ninth grade so I'm sorry for not remembering <laughs> this, but I'm sure the comments will blow up. There's nothing <laughs> except fear itself, right. Mm. And man, I think for so many of us, we just live our lives being anxious and worrying about the thing that's gonna happen that we actually can handle. We actually can handle it. You know, in in every single one of us is survivors of really difficult stuff, incredibly difficult stuff, traumatic stuff. I mean, and it also made me think about when you talked about like what your mom and, you know, not here to bash mom. I don't know, mom. You you know, mom. um, But just that messaging of you're afraid to come out, like just hearing that, like having somebody so powerful in your life, so influential in your life begin to feed you that messaging like at an early age and again god bless mom all good you know, this is not about you mom this is about us <laughs> we all say things you know that can be can be powerful to other people especially when we're unaware of how powerful our words are that we're actually even saying something that can can impact somebody but Think about all the things that we've all been told that potentially began to plant the seeds in our brains that we were afraid, or that we're not good at that. I and mean, it's one of the most like scary damaging things that you could do to a kid is to tell them like, Begin to tell them who they are at an early age, particularly if it's negative, like you're not good at that, or he's not good at that, or he's a quiet kid, or he's allowed, he's bad behaved, he's a monster, <laughs> terrible twos, like all these kind of, you know, we're sort of labeling more surely, sort of, we're planting little seeds. Oh yeah, she was afraid to come out. Oh yeah, he was always afraid of that. Like those kind of things. We those are that becomes the soundtrack, my dear friends. That becomes the soundtrack for many of us in the way in which we think about ourselves for years to come. And then we just start to recite it. Ever seen the progressive commercial where the guys is <laughs> the coach on how to not become your parents? Yeah there's truth to that right like yeah. in a way we just kind of if we just live by default and don't live with any intention we do take on not only the things that were said to us but in many cases we take on the the idiosyncrasies and the 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 personality traits and the you know the, the little weird things that our parents actually did right and then you talk- <laughs> You're like, oh, my God, my dad used to do that or whatever. And it's it's just kind of living by default. It's like – so I, I I love that you shared that. And I I also will – I've shared this a couple of times this week about the interview where I heard Jeff Bezos, CEO and founder of Amazon – not CEO any, any longer, but founder of Amazon, who said that I, I really don't deal with – I don't think he said no anxiety. But he said the way that I deal with my anxiety is just as soon as something comes up, I just – shoot an email, just get the ball rolling. So at least the situation is not waiting on me. I'm now waiting on others. Right. And I I like to live my life like that. Like whenever people are waiting on me for something or like a situation is waiting on me, it's like that tends to cause anxiety in me because I know shit, I got to do that. Right. Whereas yeah. if I at least just fire off an email or take even a little bit of action for whatever the situation is, it, it, it almost, well, in a lot of cases, eliminates the anxiety, just takes it right out of my head and off my heart, and then I get to move on to something else versus just sort of letting that sit. What comes up for you as I talk about dealing with anxiety and being yeah. sort of proactive with things that are on your to-do list?
1: Yeah. Well, for me, when I was going through the 15 day challenge, a lot of it was a lot of it was overwhelming because even though I have a business background, all of this was brand new. I'm the type of person where when I break my cell phone and I get a new one, it would sit on my dresser for months because I was so stressed about having to learn a new phone, learn the new technology. They've shifted the buttons around and I'm, I'm not a techie person. So this was all a little bit over my head. And I did step by step set up my sales funnel and I did my ebook and all of this is brand new. And I didn't know if I did it right. I was hoping that I did it right. And the thing that helped me the most was I did my best. I did what I knew I could do. I went through the trainings and then I did jump on those live calls, the support calls and the hot seat calls. And that eliminated my fear. So what I did is I just, I, I just put it into action and and I gave myself a deadline and I said, I'm going to have my ebook, my sales funnel and my email campaign done by the 1st of August. That was my goal. Mm -hmm. And I met that goal. And then I signed up For I don't know how many I've done. I've done at least one a week. (laughs) Drew can attest to that Uh, where I jump on. And even if I don't personally have a question, I just want to jump on and learn from others about what I might be doing wrong. And the first couple, I didn't speak at all. And then by my third one, I was the first person to raise my hand. And I, with the hot seat, I just said, okay, like, look at my stuff am i compliant like am i legally compliant (laughs) where am i breaking laws where am i breaking ethics like tell me what i'm doing wrong and i think by taking that ownership and accountability of hey steph here i am overly human and i'm going to mess up and it's okay because we all mess up but you're smarter than me you're better than me in this certain area this is what you've been doing forever and ever and so let me strengthen myself by getting you to help me um And I think having that vulnerability of, I'm gonna be stronger by partnering myself with somebody who's better than me in this area has helped me overcome a lot of fear of launching um, because that was my biggest fear was going public with all of this and then doing something wrong. And I I didn't want that to happen Um, or having my email campaign not linked up or not having my privacy policy. Right. I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces to this. You literally are a business owner when you launch this. And that's that's not something to be taken lightly. So having those support calls and those hot seat calls, my biggest recommendation for anybody getting started is throw yourself into the fire there because they're so helpful. And that's the quickest way to overcome fear.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. It was for me. (laughs)
0: Mm, 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 mm. You answered 50 questions in that, particularly questions like, what was it like for you to be new? How did you humble yourself? How did you become vulnerable? How did you deal with limiting beliefs? I mean, you know, eventually you threw yourself in the fire and kind of, yeah, okay. I mean, it's a reasonable thing to show up to a situation and sort of play the wall and observe a little bit right first. I mean, that's totally normal. It's totally responsible, smart thing to do. Uh, But then eventually being like, yo, like I, I have a seat here too. I, I I earned my seat. I'm going to ask my question. I want to say one thing just for all of you who are feeling like, I don't want to break any rules. I don't want to break any laws. I don't want to like do anything. That's the truth. Really is that this is a um, take action first, ask for permission later type of scenario, especially when you're new. You're not you're not big enough. You're not you're not generating enough traffic. You're not you can learn as you go. Like things do not need to be perfect. It's I loved what one of our guests earlier this week said, which was jump like like act first, regulate later you know, like, don't worry about regulating your emotions before you start. Like, what are you actually trying to do? Are you trying to get yourself to a point where you're totally calm before you do one of the most scariest things you've ever done? No, you're never going to be totally calm. So just go. And then over time, you will learn coping mechanisms, you will learn how to regulate your emotions. And maybe just maybe it's taking that action is the very aim, anxiety medicine that you need. I know it is for me when I'm sitting there getting ready to get ready. It's one of the most anxiety ridden things. Think about if for any of you who have sky went skydiving before. It's like, you know, getting dr- like I can remember skydiving and I was just a wreck until I jumped out of the plane and then it was like, holy shit, this is the most exhilarating thing I've ever done. Right. But I mean, just getting dressed, signing the waivers. I'm thinking, Oh my God, I'm signing <laughs> my life away here. I'm going to die. You know? And here I am. Family's not going to get a dime. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> In the way, you know, <laughs> getting dressed and you're climbing up into this shitty plane, you know, and you're like, Oh my God, this thing is going to crash. <laughs> you're looking at the parachutes you're you're like oh my god these things are old you know like <laughs> it's not going to work right and then you just get up there and just the moment that you actually step out of the plane it's just like you're, you're, you you re- you you naturally regulate you naturally regulate your emotions like your body knows what to do in moments it it goes back to trusting yourself and realizing that you probably aren't the fearful person that you think you are. It's just all of the anxiety, which is totally normal that you're experiencing, worrying about the thing that you're not actually afraid of, that you can totally handle. And I think even more so in society because we're always hurrying up and waiting. That would be the one thing that I would say that is working against all of us, and you're probably experiencing that a lot less now, being more connected to nature, the way that we were for hundreds of thousands of years, human beings were actually more in nature, less rules, didn't have to be anywhere at a certain time, there was no clocks, there was no cell phones we were all staring at all day long, right? We didn't have to be anywhere at, at certain times. And so society also creates all this waiting time where it's like we're sort of used to standing in line. We're sort of used to waiting your turn. And I think that one of the most empowering things that takes you back to your real nature as a human being is to forget about time. Forget about all of the – here's another thing that we often tell ourselves. I'm not ready yet. Like I'm not enough of an expert yet. I don't have enough of a story. I don't know enough yet to actually take action. And that is just all society's like programming for you to sit inside of a classroom for six years to get a piece of paper before you can go and apply for a job. (laughs) Sit inside of a classroom for six years before you can go and apply for a job. Let me tell you something. My father, when we were working construction, he didn't give a damn about paper. He said, Son, you can bring all the paper you want. You get your ass out here and it's time to go to work. I don't care if you're just getting clean and you're withdrawing from opiates, for God's sakes. You sweat it out, get the toilet on the job. And if there's not a toilet, use a bucket you know, it yeah. is what it is. You get out yeah. here and you think that's probably one of the best things that I ever yeah. you know, did was that what's coming up for you. And then we'll bring this in for a landing as I talk about <laughs> how society programs us to wait. And are you experiencing more of your true nature sort of out where you're at of not having all the rules and all the lines that are kind of programming you to wait until you're ready?
1: Yeah. I think one of the biggest things I've struggled with now, um, after having launched this and starting to see success with it is just kind of looking in the review mirror and having a bit of regret, like, and and I don't like living in regret at all. So I keep pushing forward, but I keep saying anybody I talk to, man, if I could just go back till when I was 20, like if I could go back to when I was 18, the amount of money and time and effort I would have saved and the amount of life that I would have lived. Like the biggest thing that, I've been blessed with after finding this is the blessing of time. I get time, I get time to do what I want with who I want, when I want. And I don't have financial stresses anymore. And that's, that's the biggest gift you can ever give anybody. I mean, I lay in bed in the morning, I don't have an alarm clock, and I have my beautiful, kind boyfriend next to me and my pup, and I can sit there and I don't have to leave them for nine hours a day. I don't have to board a plane every Monday and come back every Friday. And that's been huge because for the first, well, I'm 37 now. So for the first 34 years of my life, I was programmed to think that I would have to go work for nine to 12 hours a day. Um, and you are constantly waiting. You're waiting for that next paycheck. You're waiting for that next promotion. You're waiting for that next meeting. You're waiting in traffic hours and hours. The scariest time of my life was waiting in traffic in South Florida traffic (laughs) during rush hour. Like now I jump in the ocean and kind of to your skydiving analogy, I teach people how to dive with sharks. That's one of the things that I do on my boat. And that whole preparation before they get in the water, they're sweating, they're shaking, they're crying, and then they get in the water. And it, I say it's the fear of the unknown, right? You fear what you don't know. And once you know and you have the knowledge, you no longer have fear of that, then it's just action. And so once you learn how to read sharks' behavior and you realize they're not Jaws and they're not man-eaters, they have this beautiful experience. And it's a really important lesson, like your skydiving lesson, is like we're only fearful of things that we no- don't know. So the more that we learn, the more that we educate ourselves, the less fearful that we're going to get. But if you never jump out of that plane or you never jump into the ocean, then you'll never know. So <laughs> I guess my advice for anybody do would be like jump or dive, like take the dive because nothing is going to change until you do.
0: Take the dive. You won't die. My friend, what a show. What, what, what a show. And did you ever think that six weeks into this journey, you'd be here talking with me? Doing such a powerful show, I mean, coming on and just crushing it like this, and you did. You are. You're. This is everything. You're crushing it. You're. You're empowered. You're powerful. You're inspirational. I mean, did was that something that you imagined or or visualized or even thought was was possible when you were signing up for that challenge? You know, however long ago it was, a short time ago.
1: No, not at all. I when I first started, I, I. reached out to a lot of the people who are a part of legendary. And, um, I, I work with uh, Chelsea a bit now who was just on the show recently and Sean and, uh, I told them, I was like, I got invited and I am so nervous. And the community here is so supportive. Everybody has your back. Everybody says, own it. You deserve this. Go get it. And that's what I love about this. The community that you've built is truly one of a kind. There truly is not jealousy. There's not people undermining each other. There's not people being passive aggressive. Like everybody's here to support each other. And everybody just wants everybody else to crush it. Like nobody's in competition. It truly is one of the most beautiful cultures that I've ever experienced in a, in a business setting. And um, so thank you for that, Dave and Chelsea and Sean, and everybody who wish me luck on this. And it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: It's been wonderful. Come back and see me on your, uh, you know, in a couple of months, keep us all posted on your journey. I know it's, it's going to just keep growing and going and you're going to be, um, You know, you're going to be just reaching so many people and doing and making money and um, continuing to build your confidence and self-esteem here and doing this. And that's going to be so fun to watch. Right. Because you're sort of like a fetus right now. You're like a little baby, (laughs) you know, Uh, who's, who's, by the way, has bursted out, who's afraid, who's just excited and empowered and, and is this adventurous person who's just brave and courageous and not only from your sailing, but also in your business building. And so we've learned a lot this morning. I look forward to talking to you again real soon. My best to you. Be safe out there. Have fun and stay legendary. Okay, Steph.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Dave.
0: All right. All right, my friends, let's make money, honey. Come on now is where you can find Steph over on Instagram. Honey is spelled H-U-N-N-Y, okay? Everything else is spelled just like it sounds. Let's make money, honey, is where you can find Steph over on Instagram, and you can go from there. As I say every day, um, let's support these people. Let's support each other. When we see each other creating content, when we see each other um, uh, you know, delivering value, you know, if you are going to go follow somebody, which I know so many of you will, then make sure that you lift them up as they will and have already have. See, they've delivered that value and that inspiration in advance to you. Many of you didn't even know who Steph was. This morning was, of course, my first day meeting talking to steph you heard every word the only words that you did not hear from our conversation was me jumping on at about 1001 a.m and saying ready to rock and we went live and you heard every other word of me getting to know steph her story everything and so man um she gave us the goods this morning So let's continue to lift and support her up. And my friends, what a great way to end at least the week day, right? For those of us who are living a, you know, Monday through Friday, of course, Steph is out there in the Polynesian and I don't know if they keep track of what day it is out there or not, probably not as much, but um, we take a break from Wake Up Legendary on Friday, Saturday, as well as our blueprint coaching calls. Many of you who are going through the challenge still have an opportunity to speak with your advisor Likely over the weekend. Um, however, we will be back here on Monday, as we always are, continuing the climb to 900 guests on the show. And those guests are not just random guests; there are actual clients, our, our real-life students. People, as you heard this morning, Steph is six months—excuse uh, me, six weeks—in to this journey. Um, so, really new, really fresh. Um, many of you are sitting in the seat, just sort of getting ready to get ready, and hopefully you're inspired finally to to get off that log and jump jump right jump and and it's not enough to just make a decision there was three frogs sitting on a log two of them made a decision to jump off the log how many frogs are sitting on a log three two of them only made a decision i didn't say a damn one of them actually jumped right? So even making a decision is not enough. You got to jump. And I think this morning, nobody could have said it better than Steph: jump, dive, get in there head first. You're likely afraid of things that you can totally handle when you actually get in the situation. Stay legendary, my friends. We'll see you back here on Monday for another episode. Be well, be great. Love you all. Peace.